I mean, for you, this has probably been one of the things that you've been the most focused on over the past three months, three weeks. Two, two months or so. Yeah, I think being disciplined is just an important trait to have in your life if you want to get stuff done. Well, I mean, expand on, on discipline. Like, how does discipline manifest? Yeah, so I, I think it's not a manifestation. I think it's a mindset, right? And we live in probably the most undisciplined country of all time in 2022. So it's definitely hard to be disciplined, and I still struggle with it. You know, I do give in two temptations quite a bit, and I think everybody does. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all your mindset. It's all willpower. It's all on you to make the change to become a more disciplined individual, whether that be, you know, making sure you go to the gym, even when you don't want to making sure you wake up early, even if you might not want to wake up early that day and get your day started, you know, stay staying disciplined in terms of eating right and not eating out every night, certain aspects like that. I've definitely made a change. And then, you know, certain aspects I haven't yet, but it's all about taking steps each and every day to become a more disciplined individual, especially as a man. I think it's important to, you know, ultimately do things that you might not want to do because that's, you know, what builds you up and, and keeps you going and keeps you disciplined. I mean, you said a lot just there. I mean, off the bat, the first thing I wanted to respond to, of course, want want you to, to let you finish your thoughts, but we live in the most undisciplined country in the world, you said. Yes. So so societally, the, the freedom and, and the cultural movement in, in America, I think, is a lot about freedom and, and almost the rejection mm -hmm. of discipline. Yes. Right. And, and so that plays a factor in why discipline to some is probably such a foreign concept and why, you know, the importance of it is elevated because it doesn't come easily. Yes, absolutely. And in terms of the country and, and why the United States specifically isn't very disciplined is I think you are right in terms of people just want to be able to do whatever they want. Nobody wants to stay disciplined and, and work for what they want. Everything has to come easy. Everything has to come with no work involved. I think that's just a societal shift. So I think you know, you're, you're spot on with that. Ultimately, I don't see it changing. I think that you have to go through things in order to realize that you need to become more disciplined. And over the last few months or so, that's what I've realized. And that's why I've made, you know, the change to trying to become more disciplined in terms of what I've gone through over the last two and a half months, three months of my life. And in the long term, it's going to be more beneficial than not being disciplined enough, especially in this period of life that I am currently going through. So that makes sense to me. There are a couple things I want to touch on. One, I think one of the hardest things about discipline in general is that your attitude towards it and how receptive you're going to be to it and making it a lifestyle is going to largely be based on your childhood right yes. and, and the way that you've been brought up and how disciplined you were as a kid the manner in which your parents disciplined you and i'm sure i can speak for myself but i'm sure a lot of people out there have you know rejected discipline especially as children and then how was that reacted to 
you know, mm-hmm. were you like beat or were you talked to, you know, like what, what was the means of communication from your, you know, parental or, you know, just the people in your life who were teaching you, like, how did you respond to discipline? For me personally, I don't know anybody else who had the situation I had where I went back and forth every single day to two completely different households. You know, Monday I was with dad, Tuesday I was with mom, Wednesday I was back with dad. You know, a lot of, you know, the other people I know who had similar situations, it was like, you know, one week with one parent, the other week with another parent. One, you know, you're with them during the week or you're with them with the weekend. But for Mm -hmm. me, and I've only ever heard this, you know, in custody court once, and it was in my situation where I had to go back and forth every day. And for me, I think that that created this instability where, okay, one of my households was very disciplined, one was not. But even the discipline that I got and the boundaries that I got in in one household were completely offset by having different guidelines and boundaries the very next day and switching back and forth every single day through your teenage years especially. It just created this instability and stability is one of the key factors in discipline, right? Is being able to lock Mm -hmm. down and, and, and follow a routine. And I never had a routine. I never had a set consistent standard of boundaries or or rules or guidelines that I had to follow because they changed based on where I was every single day day you know if, if this were therapy my therapist would tell me like that's a huge factor and why you struggle with self-discipline now is because you never had stability in in finding any sort of discipline in the youth that, that yeah. i came up with which is why i struggle for it i don't know how you think that you know your upbringing contributed to the ability that you now have to you know succeed in discipline which mm-hmm. you know i've noticed that that you know you don't really str- i mean maybe it's a struggle i don't want to say it's not a struggle for you but at least you've been successful in adapting a level of discipline into your life over the past couple of months that's not something i've ever been able to do yeah i i like that you know you're able to recognize the the reasons why you aren't and i think that's important cuz obviously the first step is you know admitting and yeah personally i did grow up in a pretty disciplined household not overly disciplined i would say i still had a bunch of freedom but being you know the firstborn for a relatively strict parent i think definitely helps me be more disciplined when i need to and obviously i don't succeed at it or i haven't in the past at all you know especially when it comes to certain stuff like money management and whatnot and i i think a lot of people can relate to money you know i i think (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation but financial discipline is probably you know a a sector of discipline that people lack the most yeah I, i I would say that's the number one for sure. That and dieting and and eating right Mm -hmm. is the top two in my opinion. But yeah, growing up in a relatively strict household, you know, I had a curfew most of my early years. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I, I would have to go in the house at certain times. Of course um, I remember. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe some days I could stay out a little bit later, but usually it was like, you know, be home by 11, even in the summer. For most of my childhood and, you know, getting into into the teen years until I really started to become more independent, I got a license, I got my own car. That's kind of when I really just went off on my own. And I said, like, you know, I'm getting to the point where it's like you can't really control what I do anymore. I think it definitely helps me, especially right now. I think it helped me realize that I do need to work on a bunch of things and I do need to become more disciplined. And I think discipline is just the umbrella trait that you need to have in order to get stuff done in your life, especially when it comes to dealing with breakups. 
Mm. Right. So we can say, right, that that is obviously a huge, a huge factor in this revelation that you've made is, is the breakup. And that is sort of what brought you to the point of this realization and, and the motivation on top of that. And motivation yeah. and discipline is another thing I wanted to bring up because they're not the same thing. I, I wholeheartedly believe now that like motivation just isn't real. I think it, I think it is strictly just discipline. Mm. You know, anybody can be motivated to achieve their goals or to make a bunch of money or to be happy. But in order to truly do that, you have to be disciplined. You don't get rich let's say you don't get rich by being undisciplined it, it just doesn't happen mm -hmm. uh, you don't get a large following on social media by being undisciplined and not having a schedule and not consistently posting and whatnot like at the end of the day it all comes down to discipline over motivation that makes a lot of sense to me which is why i feel like the discipline part is such a struggle like motivationally i feel like i i have that like i am motivated to make podcasting and something in that realm be my career i'm motivated yeah. to do that i'm not disciplined in the sense that what i should be doing is tweeting every single day and and, and you know like mm -hmm. putting in that extra level of following through i guess I guess that's the difference, right? Motivation and discipline start in the same place, but discipline is the follow through. Yes, exactly. I mean, is self-discipline different or is it all under the same thing? It's different to discipline yourself, okay? I'm not going to eat this way. I'm going to go to the gym every day. But what about when there's somebody else involved? Yeah, I think it's obviously different. And, you know, the dictionary definition of discipline is following, you know, a set of rules and orders placed by somebody else right and if you don't follow those rules you are punished that's discipline inherently but what we're talking about is self-discipline yeah no, nobody's nobody's yeah. telling us you have to go to the gym at, at 9 9 a.m every morning you have to eat this way you have to do this or that this these are things that we're placing on ourselves mm -hmm. with the ultimate goal of self-improvement or the ultimate goal of whatever that goal is but self for for me it's self improvement and like self realization and ac actualization right okay so we learn in high school maslow's hierarchy of needs and at the top is self realization right like like self happiness everything else like you know your needs in life like your water your food and then your friendships your love and your health or whatever is all below self actualization and i think for me and the journey that I'm on right now is just focusing on improving myself physically, improving myself mentally to get to that point where I can sit back and say like, okay, I'm finally in a comfortable, happy state. And obviously that's not the end goal because in life you just have to continuously keep on growing, right? there, There's no, there's no finish line, but I do want to eventually get to that point where it's like, all right, I've came a long way. And I want to be able to look back on it and, and say, like, all right, you were disciplined enough to get through what may be like the worst part of my life so far. If I can get through that and stay disciplined, I know that I can achieve anything that I really set my mind to is how I'm looking at it. Is this, in your opinion, 
all self-motivated. Is this a reaction? Is this a coping mechanism? Mm. Is this a good question? You know, is, is this, is this truthfully, you know, you look deep within yourself. Is this truthfully all for self? I mean, truthfully, no, no. Right. Obviously some of it is a reaction, but I think it was a much needed reaction, right? Because when you break up with somebody, you're essentially telling them that you don't want them anymore for whatever reason. When you get broken up with, it makes you take a step back and think about like yourself, right? It's obviously a hit to the ego. Like what, what am I doing wrong? What did I do wrong? Like what's wrong with me is a common question that you think to yourself. And I, you know, I thought about it a lot and I came up with the reasons in my head, at least of why, of what may have went wrong and how I can improve on those. So truthfully, it is partially a reaction, but I think I'm getting to the point now where at the beginning it was a reaction, but now it's starting to just become for me because I want to be able to prove to myself that I can do this. I can stay disciplined. I can continue to work on myself without the need of this other person knowing what I'm doing, without this other person being the main motivation for my self-improvement. I think I am starting to transition into that part of the journey, but definitely at first it was 100% a reaction. Right. So a relationship ends and then for you, the, the the process is something along the lines of, okay, self-awareness time. Let me evaluate the issues. These are the issues. And then it's solution time. These are how I can improve on the issues. But at that time, it's about, you know, maybe proving it to the other person that, look, I can get better. But then as the journey progresses and you get more confident in your own journey and maybe you separate from the need to do it for somebody else, it becomes an inherent habit right? Yes. Yes, exactly. That makes a lot of sense to me. Unfortunately, I mean, I'll say while we're, I mean, I guess this whole thing is about brutal, brutal honesty, right? So what I'm, I'm thinking is how I've done that in the past. Unfortunately, it's usually been in a much more unhealthy manner where Mm. the relationship ends for me, ended for me. And this was longer ago for me personally, but what it sparked me to do was find unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure that we could loop this back to, to discipline if we wanted to, but it's like, what I started to do is, okay, drink more, self-medicate more, whether it's through alcohol or, or, or smoking weed or doing whatever, you know, it, it became, those were the things that I was originally doing as a reaction to the pain. And then they became, habits which is where things get dangerous and and where we get into a conversation about like alcoholism and addiction but it's obviously to di- to the point of discipline it's I, you know I'm happy that you have found that as a way to move on and and if like that's a healthy coping mechanism it sounds like it is that's good I'm I don't know just thinking about the way that I've coped in the past and the habits that I've formed as a result and, and lack of discipline is probably a major factor in why those unhealthy coping mechanisms didn't stop at coping and continued into being habits no i i agree but there there's just so much context and and nuance involved of course of course because every relationship is different every human being is different everybody processes things differently 
like. For me personally, obviously it sucks when you go through a breakup. A blindside breakup. A blind I mean for for me specifically it was a blindside but, but looking back like I'm pretty self-aware so I could see like why it might have came down that way but at the end of, like at the end of the day we'll call a spade a spade it was 100% a blindside breakup on my part which I think is one of the worst ways to break up with somebody and you know I I, I truly do believe if I wasn't me like I would have spiraled you know mm-hmm. like I I can all I can sit here and really say that like if I didn't have the mindset that I have I'd I'd probably still be like depressed and and laying in bed and not disciplined at all you know just going through the motions pretty much and everybody's different everybody deals with with stuff differently I think breakups have a lot and in, in terms of their impact have a lot to do with like your ego and how you think of yourself on a daily basis. Personally, I, I'm, I'm pretty introspective. I, I can say I'm a higher ego individual than the normal person. I don't think I'm a narcissist per se. I definitely <laughs> do. <laughs> do. Do you have a, do you think? I mean, I think you have some narcissistic traits. I think I have traits, but I don't think I'm a narcissist. No, I don't. I don't think that you are, you're narcissistic to the point of. I think I'm delusion. egotistical. I, 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 I think. I think I'm more egotistical. I I'm, I just think highly of myself. I think is really the difference. Egotistical, excessive, excessively conceited, or or absorbed in oneself. Yeah, and, um, nar- and narcissistic is essentially the same. Having an excessive or erotic interest in oneself. Uh, okay, well, specifically, narcissist appear- appears to be more of a physical thing. That's what Google says. So, yeah. yeah, egotistical strikes me more as you. It's more internal. But at the same time, I mean, like we lean into this in our other podcasts. You know, when we talk about fantasy sports, you know, we lean into your ego as a bit almost, but it comes mm-hmm. from a real place. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I personally, I'm very confident. I'm, I do have a high ego. You know, maybe that's not warranted at all, but I really do believe that the way I look at things is the correct way. I mean, as we all do, <laughs> I think it's the correct way. No shit. Just because, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that it's the correct way because I don't want to go through life just consistently talking down on myself and being insecure about myself to make others happy. You know, like if I if I know I'm good at something, I'm going to say I'm good at it. And I it, it might rub people the wrong way, but I'm just being authentic. I'm, I'm just being true to myself. And I, I think this is a conversation for a whole nother podcast, which maybe we'll, we'll talk about down the line. But I, I think we just live in the most insecure society on this planet where people just resonate with others consistently talking down about themselves and the mental health issue which i think is a real issue in the in this country and it's just glorified to the point where people want to be insecure and i I'm just not going to be that person. It's just that simple. Like I can say when I suck at something that that's the thing is I'm, I'm aware. Like I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at, but when I'm good at something, I'm going to, I'm going to say it when I'm not good at something, I'm going to say it just so happens that a lot of the stuff that we do as, you know, podcasters and as a group, I'm pretty good at. Yeah. It just, it just so happens. Just a lucky coincidence, right? (laughs) I mean, you know, we, we play video games. Like, I'm very good at video games. I always have been. We play sports. I'm pretty good at sports. Like, what what else do we really do? Nothing. 
But let's circle back to discipline and the ways that we have or have not put into action that discipline post breakup. Because I mean, just knowing both of us personally, you know, okay, so breakup wise, I'm February, you are May. May. So we have different timelines and wildly different experiences in the months following. But still, I think that the discipline aspect plays a major role in how we both went down the paths differently. My path personally is it it was early May because we went on vacation in April and got broken up with as soon as I got back from our vacation. Right. So that was it was in early May. Early May. Right. That was early May. Yeah. And. Obviously, first couple weeks are, are just rough, have no motivation, discipline, whatever, just laying in bed, doing nothing. And to, and like, to be fair, context-wise, like, logistically, there was a lot of change in your life at that point. You know, you went from living with this person to living in, in a house with, you know, three other male friends, myself yeah. included, as one of those. Precisely. So I had to I had to move out the next day. Like I get broken up with day one. I'm out the next day. Just such a quick turnaround. Following weeks rough. We goes back into you know all the thoughts that you have after. Are you good enough? Whatever. And then where the discipline for me really came into play was you have an attachment to somebody that you're in a relationship with, and I think the attachment is the biggest factor in relationships. So when you're first out of a out of a relationship, you are still attached to that person especially after you know i've been with this person for seven years like your, consi- enti- like your straight. entire adult life like i grew up with her and became an adult with her and have gone through so many of my life experiences with her that the attachment is 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 huge of course i mean it's a massive part of your life yeah and so the reason why i wanted to become more disciplined is because i was consistently you know laying in bed checking their social media because you know that's what you do when you get out of a breakup right like you get broken up with who are they with what are they who are they with what are they doing what are they posting pain shopping yes pain shopping precisely that's the term that i saw on reddit and it resonated with me immediately it, it's a it's a wildly accurate term. I'd never heard that term until you brought it up, and and goddamn, is it accurate? And and for it's me, so bro, accurate. bro, when it comes to pain shopping, I'm like, take my visa, let me open up a new line of credit. I'm shopping, bro. I'm I'm <laughs> trying to get everything in the store, but <laughs> I'm trying to buy everything at this store. Yeah, so I would be consistently doing that and you know then i would stop doing it for a couple days then i go back and do that and then you go through i open up instagram one day and what do i know suggested new account that she made oh great now another thing i have to worry about right can't follow it can't follow it obviously but i i know that she made the account it literally popped up like i would have never known but instagram just knew to put her new account in my suggested fucking algorithm so then obviously you get interested and now i know she has the account and then i'm i'm going through and looking at the following and just literally just putting myself in a world of hurt mentally and it it became just so bad to the point where i was like all right i i need to stop so i haven't looked shout out to me haven't looked i haven't looked in a while and that's kind of the start of my journey of being more self-disciplined 
in terms of my mental health was to stop checking social media because it just does no good. You are literally pain shopping. You are looking for ways to hurt yourself because especially after a breakup, like things are going to be done on purpose. Now, obviously, I don't know if they are or not, but on both sides, they're going to be done on purpose and both parties are going to be hurt if you look and if you continue to shop. Example, I'm posting this because I know he slash she is going to see it. Yes. When, when you say on purpose. Yes. Well, let, let me just say that, like, one of the things that has been really hard for me to come to terms with is, and, and I guess that this is like the crux of discipline, right? This is what you said 25 minutes ago, is that, you know, discipline is not the motivation itself, but it's the follow through, right? And and yeah. that's the hard part. It's doing what you don't want to do. And, and for me, what I struggle with, sure, I can, you know, take you off my social medias. I can, I can not go and look at what you're doing, who you're with. I can, I can not check in on you, but at a certain point are you not lying to yourself Mm. like if i'm standing in the mirror and i'm I'm looking at myself and i ask the honest question like do i want to know what she's up to you know do i miss her like it, it, it stuff like that like the answer is yes so i can follow through with this action of of not checking up but am i being authentic am i being real in that moment or am i just not being strong enough to see something i don't want to see because the honest truthful answer is that i want to like i'm still attached to this person so i guess attachment severance is part of this but it's like the emotional stage where you're still attached to this person i can ignore them but am i just ignoring like reality because the reality of the situation is that i'm still interested like i want to know what's happening i mean for sure right and especially, so that's discipline. Yes, especially when you are first out of a relationship the first few months. One of the hardest things to do is detach yourself from a romantic partner, especially when it wasn't your decision to sever the relationship, right? Right. So, yeah, when you, when you sit back and you really do ask yourself those questions, you might say, like, yeah, I, I do want to know what she's up to. I do want to know what she's doing but that's where like you said the discipline ultimately factors in is you want to do that but you know in your mind that you cannot do that and i think that's the the biggest thing that i learned is obviously i want to know what she's doing and if she's with anybody or obviously right yeah whatever it may be i i i Obviously, I think deep down, I I want to know. I think that's dwindling for myself by the day, especially when you don't look, because if you can keep yourself from not looking and stay disciplined and not pain shop, then it starts to get easier and you start to think about them less and you start to get less reminders of that person. But when you're consistently doing it, it ultimately just delays your healing slash grieving process which is what I've learned and that's where I made the decision to become more self-disciplined to allow my grieving and healing process to not be interrupted by consistently looking at her social media and looking at her pictures and wondering what she's doing or if she's with anybody and all of the uh, negative thoughts that you know enter your mind after a breakup. Mm. You just said something that that really um, resonated with me, and it's the portion of the grieving process. And isn't acceptance the first step of grieving? The first step is depression of the grieving process. It's DABDA, 
right? It, so so ah, ah is second acceptance. No, acceptance is last. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> wait, no. So that makes perfect sense then. That's why I. Okay. No. Continue. So the grieving process for the dumpies specifically is dabda, right? Depression, anger, bargaining, denial, acceptance. Mm. And ultimately, you want to come to a point where you accept that you're no longer going to have them in your life and you're capable and well off without them. That's obviously the end goal. So, yeah, that that's the grieving process for dumpies, but it is a little bit different for dumpers, and both of us do have perspective of being both, and the grieving process for dumpers specifically is backwards. The dumpers feel a sense of relief and acceptance when they first do it. It's a burden off their shoulders, but as time goes on, as the connection and the attachment starts to get missed a little bit, it happens to pretty much everybody, you know, assuming you're not in a toxic, abusive relationship, then, you know, you just get out, never look back. But if it was relatively healthy and you you love the person, the, the process is backwards for dumpers. So, yeah, no, that that resonates with me as I as I realize that even still months later, I am I'm just on the borderline of acceptance. I think that I got stuck in denial for months and, mm-hmm. and months and months. And, you know, my inability going back even to discipline and, and to pain shopping is probably a huge factor. Like, you know, despite people like you and and other friends in my life people that i love telling me like you need to separate you need to do this you need to do that like i i would consistently not like i i had a fucking snap streak with the girl that broke up with me for yeah that two months two months plus every single day it doesn't matter you know we're not talking on the regular we're not you know like like the relationship is is over there's no physical contact we're not talking on the phone we're not texting but still every single day without fail like there's this it was a mutual attachment like i'm not fully to blame for this but i'm i'm to blame for my part in it which was like inviting it and continuing it in in my own way because it takes it it takes two people to keep a snap streak going right but it's Mm -hmm. like every single day i'm getting a reminder of this person yeah it's a brief reminder but it triggers something in your subconscious that you aren't thinking about that delays the healing process. And I just want to say also that the the healing and grieving process definitely is not linear. Right. And, you know, you can get stuck in a stage like you can be at the acceptance acceptance stage, but then go back into the anger stage. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll happen, especially when you have an attachment. Attachment is just the biggest I don't, I don't even know what to call it, like the, the, the biggest force in the, in the world. Like people just want attachments to, to other human beings. It's in our nature. Yeah, you can go from being in denial a lot to acceptance to being sad and it's perfectly normal, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, interesting. I, I'm just like thinking about how, I guess personally, like I trick myself and I bet a lot of people trick themselves into thinking they're further along in the process than they are. Or, or maybe it's just more to your point of it being not linear where maybe I genuinely am at different points. You know, maybe it, maybe yeah. it's not necessarily lying to yourself. Maybe it's like, you know, today I feel like I'm in, in, in acceptance, but certain people are maybe more liable to, you know, rubber band and fall back. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. And I, I really think that, you know, that the process is over when you can go 24 hours without thinking about them or about the relationship. 
I mm. think that would be the benchmark for me to know that I've really accepted that it's over. Now, am I near that or, you know, even close near, near that? I don't know. Probably not right now. For, for me, I, I don't think it's been that long, personally. But I, I think that would be the benchmark that I would consider, like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm finally over it if I can go a full day without them crossing my mind at least once. That's a, that's a nice way to look at things. I, I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's accurate at all. I mean, then again, that goes into the different way that we've gone about our journeys. For example, you know, your, your journey and I, and you know, I can edit this out if I'm, if I'm putting your business out there, but your journey just includes self right? You have not been in any rebound relationships. You haven't even like gone out and, you know, I don't know, fucked other people. Like, like, you know, you're not, you're not doing those typical types of things, things that I've done where it's like, okay, you know, I can get distracted. Like I can, you know, jump into a rebound relationship for two months and, and be like, I'm totally over this. Like, look, I found yeah. somebody new. I'm good. Like, look, I'm thinking about this new person. I'm not thinking about you. And like in the moment that feels real, you know, that feels real to you. And, and and it's like, wow, like I've, I've moved on. Look, I found somebody like, but is that the honest truth? Absolutely not. And then yeah. when, when that inevitably ends, when that, you know, when reality sets back in, that person is still on your mind. And just because you went 24 hours or, you know, I went two weeks without thinking about them because I put this superficial distraction in my face doesn't mean that I'm over it. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that that could manifest in a variety of ways, but that's just one way from, from personal experience. I totally agree. And I think for me, the reason why, you know, I'm not interested in even talking to other women at this point is because I, I truly just want to take this time to work on myself and become the best possible version of myself. And that just involves going on this journey alone for however many months it takes to get to that point where I'm at or to where I want to be at. And I also and pretty self-aware that like if I do that I know that I'm going to be putting someone else's feelings on the line like if uh -huh. I get into a rebound relationship like yeah it's it's going to be fun like it's going to be new it's going to be exciting sparks going to be there that might not have been there in my last relationship because obviously when when you're with somebody for a long time naturally dies out obviously it'll be fun but at the end of the day it just continues the toxic cycle of dating in 2022 where hurt people are hurting people mm. and i could say with me being hurt and coming out of a breakup that i don't want to hurt another person just because i might need some instant gratification and that just all ties into being self-disciplined and you know understanding that even though obviously as a, as a man you know you you want to be out there doing whatever having sex i understand that that's not what i need right now and even if and even if it's what you want yeah. to do which i'm sure some nights you you do it's it's still the it's still the discipline factor right yeah. it's it's saying to myself you want it but that's not what's right for you so you cannot do it mm. and a lot of people just don't think like that right like rebound relationships are very common and guess what they never last well, a lot of people aren't self-aware enough to look at themselves and say, I'm not ready. A lot of people probably exit the breakup and look at things like it, it was the other person's fault. You know, a lot of people aren't even getting to, you know, half of this point, right? Where oh, they're, where they're at I mean, self-awareness, yeah. self-reflection, discipline, like discipline is the third step. People don't even get past self-awareness. Yeah. And that, and that's episode two is 
self-awareness and what what i've realized before uh, we so wait no you can before we before we close out i wanted to go at just address another thing that you just said in the sense that you know dating a lot of the times is hurt people hurting people but you're never going to have another relationship like the one that you had in the sense that you started at the age of you know high school like yeah and i did the same thing but like at this point going forward there's no scenario right where you're not meeting somebody in your age range that hasn't been through some sort of past trauma and and to just be mm-hmm. like okay this is going to be two perfectly happy people who are are meeting and then connecting and then everything is a, a beautiful fairy tale after like i don't i don't think that's how it's going to work like you know i i was in a similar scenario to, scenario to you different but like where i i was with somebody out of high school for many years and it's like the next relationship to me after is not minimized by the fact that you're coming into it with past trauma both people almost always are at this point in in life so i don't think it's like i have to wait until i'm quote unquote fixed to see somebody else again because that that may never happen and and i think that the next person can also be part of your healing journey i i believe yes but also i'm a serial uh i don't know what the word is distract rebounder distractor dater dater i don't know something like that i agree with your overall point that you know no nobody's perfect right nobody's going to have no trauma that that they're bringing in i think that the distinction is when you're fresh out of a relationship and you haven't gone through the grieving process and you hop into another relationship, that's when I think it's just completely wrong because you haven't taken the time to sit with yourself and, you know, think about what you could do better, how you can improve. And those are conversations that I have with myself on a daily basis. Like I I understand now, or at least I, I, I think I understand what I can and have to do better in my next relationship. I don't think a lot of people sit and do that. So they're just bringing the trauma over their they're just bringing the trauma from their past relationship into their new relationships and then that past trauma is going to affect that new relationship because they haven't healed from it and they might not even be over their ex at that point and then it just dooms the relationship from the start but i think if you can sit with yourself for a few months six months like six months in the grand scheme of things is not a long time i think it'll be very beneficial for you in the end it'll help you heal it'll help you grieve and it'll help you realize what you want and don't want in a partner you know, long term, and it'll help you realize what you need to do better and what you need to improve on for your next relationship to be better than your previous one. And I don't think you can do that if you get into a rebound relationship within the first month or two, depending on obviously the length and the relationship in general goes back to, you know, if it was a healthy relationship or whatnot. There's a lot of context that we're not including, but just overall, I think it's I think it's pretty bad and you know you're going into it from a place of hurt and maybe they aren't and then you hurt them and then they might do it to the next person and it just continues a cycle that a lot of people go through and that's why a lot of relationships don't last in 2022 right like I, I don't no, know of course no I mean I I totally see that in myself like as somebody who definitely you know opted the, to go down like the rebound route it's like I go into this and and I start immediately thinking like, 
how do I how do I turn this into a relationship? Not because I want to specifically build with this person. No disrespect to them. Like the issues are my own, but it's like I'm not looking to build because you have these traits that I that I find attractive. I I'm looking to build because I'm looking to mend hurt. Right. I'm just looking for a distraction. I don't want to feel like how I'm feeling anymore. I feel good when I'm with you. So I'm going to go full throttle into this, even if like logistically I'm sitting down and thinking like there are a lot of reasons why this wouldn't work. But that doesn't matter because it's all it's about temporary relief and it's about ultimately lack of discipline and being able to follow through with what's actually right for for me as a person versus what feels good in in the moment 